This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Yeah, you caught me too deep. I think I'm dying here, man. Welcome to the 3B Video Deep Cut Podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. Aw, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that time again for another bi-weekly podcast with your hosts, Rotten Roger DeMarco and... We can't bury Remix, he's a friend of ours. This this is evil. Evil Dead Inks? Oh, is this... Oh. Am I breaking the fourth wall with this? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, the namesake cometh from thine franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are recording this technically... Uh, less than a month, probably about th- two and a half weeks before the Evil Dead game officially drops. Yep. And uh, we had theorized how long it's going to take before somebody asks if my uh, gamer tag is just because I'm so hyped for this game. Like, <laughs> no, kind of, kind of had it for a long time. That's right. It's been my, it's been my handle for a hot minute. Same thing with uh, Roger DeMarco and me. Yours is more. Yours is more actually fitting with the show here of a deep cut. Mine's just slap you across the face with a <laughs> severed, severed hand. But uh, yeah, what do? We, <laughs> speaking of this meta stuff, what franchise are we delving into now, Raj? We are covering the Evil Dead franchise, and I'm so fucking jazzed for this. This is a quick one. We're gonna breeze right through this. Uh, which technically is going to be eight weeks, right? Uh, so yes, we have it's the. It's really not that quick, but <laughs> well, we have the traditional three of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, the Army of Darkness, aka the Medieval Dead, much better title. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Evil Dead remake of 2013, and maybe shit if we're feeling froggy because we'll have some gameplay footage behind us by the time we're done with all this. We may do one on the game as well, since could be ten weeks. Yeah, we did that with Friday the Thirteenth. So, we don't have an Elm Street game yet, so that's why we didn't do one really for that, but we could possibly do one for this uh, this Evil Dead game, because it ties into our overall uh, our group here, the Slash and Cast podcast, that guys, those lucky bastards, got the first crack <laughs> at playing this game with uh, Bruce Campbell himself on the call, so... Uh, so wild. Love, and uh, love you guys, and fuck you at the same time. Yeah, you, exactly. You sons of bitches. <laughs> You son of a bitch. But uh, for the uninitiated, and I guess just as a refresher course, you want to let the good folks out there in internet land know a brief plot synopsis of the original Evil Dead, and we will get this podcast underway. I mean, it's such a, like, uh, one of your favorite words, it's such a trope. It's <laughs> it's mm-hmm. five people go out into the woods for a night of whatever, and... Uh, shenanigans ensue and what's the worst possible thing could happen when you're with a group of friends what if your friends become undead evil demonic creatures who can only be killed by complete body dismemberment Mm -hmm. good old deadites man uh this you know if if you're not new to this podcast you have heard Evil and I both kind of profess our love for this franchise. But if you're new here, welcome. And uh, you're about to go on a very fun hour-long ride 
because uh, this this franchise as a whole, right, is each film is a very distinct flavor of popcorn. And there are there are people who love the original. There are people who love the sequel. There are people who love Army of Darkness. Um, and all of them are right. No one is wrong. But there's there's a very distinct uh, tone to each film. And uh, I know your favorite, but I'm going to just, you know, go ahead and jump in and say that this one is my absolute favorite in the franchise. This might actually be in my top ten. This is maybe in my top three favorite horror films. I was totally going to say, like, I would put this in your top three. Yeah, this is up there for me. This is one of those movies that uh, whenever I'm feeling, like, in a rut of, like, I'm not creative or whatever, I throw this movie on. Or even if I'm working on a prop or something, I throw this movie on and I go, yes. Like, it just gets the juices flowing. There's such a weird, like, creative tone to this movie. It just excites me. Still, to this day. To this day. To this day. As a 37, 38-year-old man, watching this, I still feel like a kid. Uh, yeah, and uh, I got to this movie. I totally, I went backwards uh, when I was discovering this. I, of course, discovered this when Army of Darkness came out. Uh, brand new. Didn't see in the theaters, but we did uh, rent it when it was new. And watching it with my dad, and he was like, I think this is a part of a series called, like, The Dead Evil or something like that. And, like, we'll have to go to the store and look for it. And we found Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. So uh, we, I can't remember if we watched Evil Dead, then Evil Dead 2. I think so. Cause, so I went 3, 1, 2. So this is the second entry in this franchise for me. And my goodness, if if you if people have a problem with continuity in, in sequels and are like confused or pissed about like Halloween franchise and how many directions yeah. it goes, I don't even think like even Phantasm can hold a candle to the. Wait, what? To Just how, throw it out the window with <laughs> with this franchise for sure. Every movie in the series has a different origin story. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, the uh, order in which they were discovered for you, I think I think mine was two, one, Army of Darkness. Weird. Or maybe it was two, Army of Darkness, and then one. Because I believe, you know, I had seen two when I was very little and just didn't know what it was. Um, and then I can remember like 95-ish seeing that's that's how it has to be two army of darkness and then the original because in like 95 ish i believe it was either on like stars or encore and i and i got to see army of darkness and was like holy crap this is amazing um and then it wasn't until i was like 14 maybe 13 or 14 um getting a vhs copy of the first evil dead and just being like this is nothing like the other ones like this is this is so a, violent and gross. This is a horror movie. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the this one we're talking today, the 1981, The Evil Dead, is the horror horror movie of this series. It, it wouldn't get near back to this level until we get to the 2013 re something reboot True, remake. Yeah. I don't know how you classify 2013 because it's its own thing, but there's. Yeah. Mild ties to to the original, right? Uh, odd Bruce Campbell post credits 
That was just specifically for the fans to fucking go, woo, we got him. Yeah, but you know, know yeah, that's how we interpreted that. But of course, mm-hmm. other people are going to be like, how are they going to, how we're trying to weave that shit into the story of the lore of Evil Dead. And like, oh, why are you complicating something? It's just a, a wink and a nod for us and yeah, trying to make just... everything canon. Like, who's mm-hmm. he talking to? Why is he turned to the camera to do it? But that's weeks away. Weeks, weeks, <laughs> weeks away. Let's go back to a much younger. Younger, younger, younger Ashley. Campbell. Yeah, and Ashley Williams in this film, which was released in 81, but this was uh, filmed for, what, like f- multiple years? I want to say f- oh, yeah. five, like five years of... Yeah, it was a, it was a long stretch. Um, so, so what happened was, you know, uh, I believe, and I may be misquoting this or, or misremembering this, but, you know, Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert, and uh, Bruce Campbell, and Ellen Sandweiss, they're all in college together. And, uh, you know, Sam's in film school. He's really, really pushing, like, wanting to be a filmmaker in school. And uh, he had made a few short films that they had, like, rented out some auditoriums. And, and you know, they weren't really doing well. No, no one really was paying attention to them, but they... They made this proof of concept film called Within the Woods. It's basically Evil Dead, but it's it's switched around a little bit. And uh, he gives it to his teacher because he's so proud of it. And I and this is where I may be misquoting it, but his teacher said something like, "This you, this doesn't work. Like you can't just have crazy camera angle after crazy camera angle after crazy camera angle for no reason. You you can't do it. It's it's terrible." And uh, really tried to shoot him down. But then, uh, I think collectively, they were all like, you know what? I don't want to listen to this teacher. So Sam Raimi, like, dropped out of school. And, you know, they started kind of formulating this plan to get the funding for the movie to make a feature-length film. And it it's hard. Especially, you know, if you didn't finish film school and you're not learning uh, all that extra stuff of, like, uh, what it takes to keep a cast and crew happy <laughs> for a very you know extended period of time man uh you feel like that teacher just has like like a visceral reaction to seeing the evil dead come out and then a sequel a third movie <laughs> eventually eventually he thinks it's died down he's like oh i'm not hearing anymore oh god there's another one oh god there's a TV uh, series. funny story there's goddamn video games about it he uh, committed suicide on the release date of Army of Darkness. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> Don't play like that. Like I was, I almost had to make sure I muted to not <laughs> laugh at somebody because it's not funny. But that timing is oddly humorous. Not funny, but funny. Not funny. Nah, I'm sure that that uh, that fella is still teaching and still pissing and moaning about the same exact stuff. But, uh, Fuck his camera angles. So what, I don't give a shit if he created his own camera angle that's referred exactly. to as the Ramo cam. <laughs> this is what's so uh, amazing about Sam Raimi, right? Is because he's in a school structure and they're telling him, these are the rules. And he's like, why? Why? What are these rules? Who says they're the rules? Well, they. They who? Fuck they. You know? Let me make what I want to make. And uh, it paid off because even Stephen King like has a quote on the cover, I believe, that says like, "I've seen the new face of horror, and it is Sam Raimi or whatever." Like he changed the fucking game. You got to understand, 1981, slasher heavy, changing the game. Yeah, I think you like combine the uh, the Clive Barker 
quote with the <laughs> the the king one was the most ferociously original horror film ever made. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I knew it was something along those lines. But uh, you're thinking of yeah. I I know in your head you're probably like you're thinking of that trailer. Like I've seen the new face of horror, and it is Clive Barker. There you it's go. The Hellraiser clip, which bomb bomb. <laughs> uh, not quite, in my opinion, but that's not until Hellraiser three. But we'll get to that eventually. Yes, but this is uh, like we said, we're following five college. Kids, I would. They all look around twenty-two. I yeah. would say twenty-two, maybe twenty-four. And uh, this concept, I just don't understand at all. I don't even know if it, uh, how I, you could interpret it to me in nineteen eighty-one as a thing. Why the fuck are five college kids driving way the fuck out into the woods to spend the night in a cabin? I think it's the weekend. It's just maybe to get away from finals and whatnot. You know. Uh, maybe they just need a need a break, get away. They can go smoke dope and not get in trouble. Because uh, originally, I believe they were supposed to be like gratuitously smoking weed in the cabin. Um, and they tried to shoot them sh- smoking weed, and they smoked real weed. And then eventually, they forgot all their lines. <laughs> this footage is fucking useless. We need to shoot it without you guys smoking. So then they. They shoehorned in the moonshine thing, but then I even think that the moonshine was from local real moonshiners. Yes. So they were even getting drunk from real moonshine on camera. Yes, uh, I guess one of the telltale signs of uh, if you're really drinking real shine is if you just pour enough to fit inside the lid of a jar. That <laughs> is more than enough. Like it's it it authentic Tennessee moonshine should make Everclear, you know, tastes like uh, Mike's Lemonade. Nice, yeah. So don't be, yeah, I'm not fucking around with no Tennessee moonshine, I'll tell you that. I would love (laughs) to try some authentic moonshine. I... Start seeing fucking deadites. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, that would be how this would unfold today, is, is a college student drunk on shine murders friends in <laughs> in cabin in the woods i swear they were possessed yeah <laughs> but i i just never really understood like even if it's a stress relieving like we're gonna get away why would you go none of them are are like outdoorsy type they all seem very mildly yuppie ish yeah yeah very basic sure. and they're not doing anything woods related they're just hanging out in the cabin like you guys just could have got a hotel room and done all this and been safer but uh, i think that's one of my favorite aspects of this film which you know we'll get into in subsequent weeks with the other films but like how ash is just ashley williams in this film and he's not heroic in any way shape or form he's like it's almost hard to tell who the lead is in this movie because they're all uh, fairly like equally represented. And I feel like the movie wants you to think that his girlfriend is the lead. And it almost goes so far as to switch gears and make Scotty the lead at a certain point. Um, But all this shit just keeps happening to Ashley. And, uh, you know, eventually he's last man standing. Yeah, this Ash is not the Ash everyone thinks of when you think of Bruce Campbell's Ash. This 
this uh, Ashley is, yeah, like when it's when it comes down to just him left, it's it's seemingly like happenstance. Like he, there's nothing standoutish about mm-hmm. him. He seems like he will definitely not survive this film. And uh, technically, I guess uh, according to the movie makers, he doesn't survive this movie. This is a dark yeah. ending where nobody uh, nobody survives. But yeah, when you get to it's just him left standing against the evil of this cabin it's really kind of like almost Friday the 13th final girl like it's like he didn't do anything specifically to outlast these other ones he just like uh, happened to yeah well I guess it's just me now mm-hmm. and you don't and you have and I have no confidence in him surviving <laughs> like no. if you didn't have the other movies like in your back mind to solidify that oh yeah he'll be fine you think, oh, this dude is not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's the beauty of the way the first film ends, you know. Uh, it, it ends ambiguous, but it ends very dark. You know, like, you could yeah. you could make the case that he'll be fine, but you know better. Even my optimistic ass wouldn't didn't do that. That's, I think, the main reason I didn't want a copy of The Evil Dead when I saw it initially. I saw it, and I was like, I'm good. I want Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Because even at that young age when I saw it in 1990, probably, what, 3, 94, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's dead. He didn't make it. Yeah, it ends very abruptly. And, uh, yeah, and then I love how it uh, ends, and then it's, like, happy old-timey music playing. So <laughs> Like elevator music. <laughs> that's a thing that, like, really freaks my son out. Like, when happy music plays when violent things happen, oh, he yeah. really has a has a... A problem with that and I think maybe that's subconsciously like I I really like that I like that a lot too but I'm, I'm does he so does he not have an affinity for tiny Tim <laughs> no no but he's never seen insidious for sure but like uh you know just um seeing my son's reaction to that kind of like makes me remember what is scary you know like we're kind of almost desensitized oh we're way desensitized yeah i mean we've seen everything we've seen everything and we also we don't have we don't have the child's mind of like thinking if we're in bed that night if we just cover the blankets over our eyes we will not be attacked because i literally used to think like the rogues gallery of slashers were just walking through my room because <laughs> my room was technically i my one of my first bedrooms was technically, it was like a corner. It was like a big circle, like between where my parents' bedroom was and the bathroom and one door to the bathroom. But the other one was just like a curtain that was dividing it. So I would just lay in bed, terrified, thinking like there's Leatherface, Michael, Jason, they're just walking (laughs) in circles around just waiting for me. If I ever make eye contact with them, then I'm fucked. You're toast kid. That's some darkness falls shit right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, having my son and being able to see the things that bother him, it reminds me of what it was like to be a kid. And it reminds me what is scary, you know, uh, from a from a kid's lens. This movie has always kind of struck a very weird chord with me where, I mean, if you overanalyze any movie, you, you can pick apart everything. You can see the monofilament. You can see, you know... All the all the bullshit, all the tricks, and and this movie is filled with a ton of those tricks. But there's something about this movie that elicits like a very like 
primal fear in me. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the use of the music. Um, just it, it doesn't feel real. It's a very hard tone to explain. It doesn't feel like it could happen to me. It's not that. It's not that. But like, it just sits in my guts, and I don't know. It bothers me. <laughs> that's the. I guess that's the grown-up term now. Is it just it bothers uh, me? That was my term back then when I didn't want to say it scared me. Ah, that movie bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else that bothers me, not in a bad way, but just like, uh, I'm curious uh, what your opinion is. The uh, basement of the cabin which mm-hmm. which basement do you feel feels bigger the evil dead the evil dead or the evil dead 2 basement because i feel like when i watch this first movie that that basement just goes forever like it's, oh yeah it feels like a fucking dungeon in the diablo games like i just keep going further and further into caverns <laughs> and catacombs i'm like i don't know how the hell i'm gonna get out of here definitely the uh basement in the first film feels massive and uh that was all trickery, hooplery on uh, Sam Raimi's part because that shitty cabin that they filmed in didn't have a real basement, so they just cut a hole in the floor and dug down like two or three feet. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, Ash could pretend like he was going down steps. And then they filmed that real basement footage, I believe, in uh, Bruce Campbell's parents' basement. I mean, they uh, talked maybe. about in a lot of the making of filming in various uh, people's homes, like their yeah. homes, for like I said, this is a three to five year production getting this done. So you can see the actors age uh, more and more, which I like that little side bit that that Sam put in there. He's wanted everyone's clothes to be timeless, mm-hmm. so you couldn't pinpoint when exactly this is. I mean, you can through technology and shit now, but at least he was conscious enough to think in 1981 when this came out of like very basic no logos and shit on your shoes pants shirt like everything needs to be like it could be bought and purchased today and used and it also we get in that uh basement we get the 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 shot fired across the bow of a (laughs) feud that was never a feud that ever really was happening two guys that never met that just was a friendly like they never met each other rivalry and i can't remember the like the part of the, the hills have eyes. The part of the backstory I know is the, they get to the basement and there's a poster of the hills have eyes that's torn in the basement, and that's to signify. Oh, if you thought that was scary, this is what's scary. And I think there's a backstory to maybe in hills have eyes, like a Jaws poster or something being in there and torn or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, this is the first shot fired from Sam to Wes that this is what real <laughs> horror is. And, of course, we'll see in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes's uh, rebuttal, where Nancy's watching this movie, The Evil Dead. And falling asleep. And falling asleep, which uh, subconsciously, I'm always, every time when I'm watching The Evil Dead, I want to tie in what I'm audio hearing from Nightmare on Elm Street. Because they just smash some clips together of them playing the tape mm-hmm. recorder, a chainsaw going off and shit. I'm like, that's not how that scene played out, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh be a way crazier scene if it did <laughs> she rips out a chainsaw to cut the fucking tape recorder in half shut it off shut it off but uh yeah they they ended up kind of doing that a few times because then in evil dead 2 freddy's glove is hanging which we'll get to 
yeah, in two weeks. It's hanging in two places. It's actually hanging in the basement and it's hanging in the work shed. Yes. And that's uh, another thing, too. Like, most people, when they think of Ash, they immediately go to a goober. the chainsaw hand. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the, the crazy, like, Three Stooges Ash. Uh, and he's so different in this film. He's, and he's punching a woman repeatedly in the face in this. <laughs> and yes. it's not, I mean, it's funny, but it's not supposed to be funny. Right. And I, that's one of the scariest sequences in this movie for me is when uh, Linda is possessed and she's in the doorway just laughing at him. That is what stuck with me. Like, I literally I had a only, real problem with that sequence. I literally, when I rented this, watched it one time. And that the one thing that stuck with me on this is her face just in that doorway. And I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got a weird, like, childlike laugh. It just really is bothersome. But uh, the one thing that this film taught me and that I still employ to this day. To this, to this day. day um, and, and, and Sam Raimi had kind of picked this up from the Three Stooges. But uh, is what we like to call shemping. And shemping, you know, you can use any prop. I'm sure there's tons of proper terms for it. Stunt double, uh, you know, whatever. Stand in. But in this film, you really get to see uh, how far you can take that. How far you can shemp someone. And what that means is replacing an actor. uh, And and hoping that the audience doesn't notice. And since this movie took so long to shoot, you know, there are sequences with Cheryl where it is Cheryl. And then she's swapped out with Ted Ramey or, or Rob Tappert or whoever, whoever can put a wig and makeup on. You got that random dummy that's in the basement. Oh God, it's so good. That's, that's the most stark, (laughs) um, fake fake shimping is is that there because you literally have a human that they knock down into the the pit and then we mm. just zoom in on a clearly like a fucking like muppet styrofoam head, head. Yeah, yeah. Getting, <laughs> getting bashed bashed in the noggin you're like not really conveying that too well but i mean just because you're you're still trying it's 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 got a charm but it's bad it's very it's endearing yeah yes endearing there's the word i'm looking for yeah uh, but they they utilize that so much in this film, and uh, like you said earlier about you can kind of spot people aging. Uh, I kind of challenge anybody who hasn't watched this original film in a, in a while, just go back and really pay attention to the cuts, and really pay attention to when all of a sudden they're showing the back of a deadite. You know what I mean? Like yeah, because then that's. That's actually Sam Raimi dressed up or Ted Raimi or whoever, whoever the fuck they could get um, to step in and be freezing in the middle of fucking Tennessee <laughs> or or whoever's backyard for the fucking pickup shots. And, uh, uh, you know, if you really analyze it, you can pick it apart. But if you're just watching it, it's it's fairly seamless. I, I mean, outside of what that 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 scene I pointed out, like it's not. I don't notice it, and I've watched it, you know, multiple times since then. Uh, never really picked up on on that uh, that trickery, that <laughs> that sleight of hand. So yeah, I'll, I'll kudos kudos to it. <laughs> it also, I mean, it doesn't hurt that uh, the makeup department was 
fairly inexperienced in Tom Sullivan, baby. Just in the aspect of them using acrylic paint as paint on people's faces, which I even knew then. I was like, oh, I used that shit in high school. That turns into plastic when it dries. Mm-hmm. We used to paint our faces like ICP with it uh, when we didn't have face paint in between Halloween oh seasons. Oh, my God. And it's fine for about an hour, but then if you crunch your face up and then uncrunch it, I mean, it all just cracks, uh. which has a super cool look to it, but uh, probably didn't do our skin any fucking favors when we were like 14, 15. Not in the slightest, no. Also, let me just also explain how dumb we are. We used to, like, the the black part of the makeup... We would draw with a Sharpie. Oh, God. And then we would fill it in with acrylic paint. So even once the acrylic paint came off, you had Sharpie outline. Uh, yeah, so we always looked great for a couple days. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. 14, 15. I don't know how to fucking put makeup on. <laughs> no, you, you you had the same qualifications as some of the makeup department of the Evil Dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because they cake that shit on so heavily, it's hard to really distinguish certain facial features. So that's how you're able to really slick by with doing these with these shimps yeah, the in there because you're like, that could be could be somebody else. Like you could totally easily replace, and I would not be the wiser for the most part that that's somebody else under the quote unquote makeup. Right. Uh, and again, all the credit in the world goes to Tom Sullivan. I know you said you, he's a fairly inexperienced effects artist. The rest of his stuff is awesome. I love the dagger. I love the book itself. Different book than the rest of the movies. The movies oh, yeah. change almost as much as the the beginnings of each movie. As the book looks very more crude in this one than mm. it does in the rest. And, uh, you know, Tom Sullivan, I mean, I'll say makeup artist in air quotes, but uh, was a very, very talented artist. So he did a lot of the, uh, you know, he did all the pages for the Necronomicon. Yeah. Uh, he did design the dagger and, and, and the actual Necronomicon and stuff. But he was a really big uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen fan. He was a big stop motion guy. Like, that's where he kind of got his start. So, and, uh, you know, him and Sam kind of hit it off in school. So when it came time to make the movie... Sam was like, hey, I need an effects artist. Uh, what do you think about doing this? And and Tom was super stoked and was like, oh, can we do stop motion for the book? Can we do this and that? And uh, he does come back throughout the franchise and do some stop motion stuff for Sam. But uh, in this first movie, again with the term, the in, endearing, it's very endearing. It's very like, that's the, to me, that's the only... Uh, sign of the times is the stop motion but it's so much fun that uh you know well you and i we've always been fans of that stuff so it's very uh, easy to forgive it and to just kind of suspend your belief and just enjoy what you're seeing for the art and the craft of it but uh yeah he, he did a great job on a lot of that stop motion stuff yeah, it, it it's it's got a, a charming quality to it. I know a lot of older folks like us, old timers, we we <laughs> dig that uh, dig that stop motion. But the like the, the extra on top of it is there's just something how they do the because uh, because originally I think in the in the script or the story it was supposed to be they were just kind of like smoke 
kind of coming out from the clothes and they were just kind of mm-hmm. going to deflate and they decided to go with the stop motion bits of, you know, the head like stuff falling off and everything, which, uh, it only show, it only looks kind of weird when like a, a gooey bubble pops occasionally. I like, know exactly what you're talking about. Cause it's got like a, it's got a matte box around it. Yeah. 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 Much like the moon. <laughs> we oh see, yeah. Uh, very clearly. Couldn't see that shit on VHS. We'll put no. that out there. OG VHS says you could not see the outline of the moon, but you can see it clear as day on a very standard edition DVD. But how those faces and arms and bodies just kind of dematerialize of sorts. Like, is there something, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like tangible but nasty about mm. it? Like, it's a real, like, I could feel almost like yeah. the. And you can smell it too. Smell it like, yeah, like I, like I'm. Saying I'm literally like rubbing my fingers together, like I have like grains of, of uh, sand in it. Like it feels grit. Yeah, like gr- grit. Perfect. You're yeah, knowing gritty. all the words I don't know today. Um, well, it's early in the morning, and uh, you know we're we're getting our brains moving. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know that that's the other thing is what I love so much about this movie is that grassroots, by any means necessary, DIY filmmaking. Like, okay, the Deadites. Uh, it's dying, so it needs to melt, or it needs to vomit out a bunch of weird stuff. So, you know, uh, there's sequences with just milk. There's sequences with coffee, uh, you know, soda, Pepto-Bismol, whatever they could get that they didn't necessarily have to make. And the prime example is when uh, Scotty, I believe, is melting. Um, You know, it's like canned rice and dog food and... It's so much just, like, over-the-counter, whatever, mix it up in a bowl and throw it in Bruce Campbell's face. It works. That, uh, it, absolutely, because it doesn't look like it was created in an effects lab. It looks like some sort of, you know, <laughs> bodily fluid or some sort of... Innards. Uh, yeah, it looks fucking gross, and it looks like it's a movie... You know, we talk a lot about this with, like, movies where if you can feel the heat, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can yes. feel it. This is a movie that I feel like you can smell. Like, when I watch Evil Dead 1, I have a tendency to open windows. Let a breeze in, because it feels like it stinks. And that's you the f- best compliment I could fucking give it. You feel like it stinks. I feel like it's equivalent to as if I'd been working outdoors for 12 hours like chopping (laughs) like chopping trees walking through mud and muck like just a day out in the wilderness that's what it feels like to me it feels like you just oh god i just need a shower because i feel like i'm covered (laughs) in the elements right now and i need to i need to clean cleanse my body cleanse the soul speaking of uh being covered in the elements we got to talk about the elephant in the room and that is... Did Scotty get uh, raped when he went outside? Uh, well, <laughs> we are definitely talking about the tree rape, for sure. Uh, one of the most disturbing sequences in this film, but, you know, at the same time, later films kind of dipped their toe into it. I would actually, I would actually argue that the Evil Dead remake, it feels more gross than this movie. Oh, yeah. But I, I love the way that they did this stuff with just reverse photography. I mean, how how simple and perfect 
can you get? Uh, it's it's good, but I for me, the the icing on the cake, the parsley on the steak, is the sound design they use for. It's like the bees, tree. like a swarm or something. Yes, it's a very distinct sound. I can hear it in my mind as I'm talking about it. But that uh, to me is what is like all of it together. I've been like, if you had a different sound design for it, I don't know if it would have worked the same for me. But with just that weird, yeah, touch of sound design they did, uh, put it over the top. And now I can't, I honestly cannot think of any of the tree sequences and not hear that sound mm-hmm. in my head. So that was another thing I was I was wanting to bring up. Like, uh, if if directors have trademarks, right? Uh, immediately I think of like a Brian De Palma and his use of the split diopter, which is one of my all-time favorite shots that he does where the background and the foreground are in focus at the same time and there's like a blurry line in the center of the frame. That is the De Palma staple, right? Um, if you had to pick a staple for Sam Raimi, it would be, there are two things. Uh, it would be camera angles out of the most ridiculous inanimate objects. Mm -hmm. And then it would also be um, camera movements having noise. Yes. He he really likes these two things put together. And uh, the two like bits of lumber is the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. If a camera just passing over some, some bars of wood in the cabin and he puts a sound design to them as if when we're passing by them like who who would think to do that that is genius to think to do mm-hmm. that crazy i'm sure at the time they're like put some sound behind you can't it. just do that like you want me to put sound behind wood okay. the other thing that is a sam raimi staple that later got uh, pretty much everybody adopted it but uh the only other person to do it right oddly enough is edgar wright and what that is is the uh the rapid cuts to create a sequence. So, you know, like when Bruce is uh, building his chainsaw hand in this, in the sequel, but they, they do a lot of those rapid cuts in this first film as well. But uh, Edgar Wright went on to kind of duplicate that in, you know, Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz and all of that stuff. And it's a really unique way to, to take something that is a, a mundane sequence and get it over with quick and exciting. Yeah. I'm still thinking about wood. I love that. But like the, the camera being inside the grandfather clock. Inside the clock, which I, I like. It's not this movie, but the best use of that that he yeah, did. I know where you're going. <laughs> yes, you know where exactly where I'm going. Is a film he did called Intruder, which I'm sure will be uh, another episode down the road we talk about but that's a grocery store slasher movie and we have a sam raimi shot from inside a rotary dial phone rotary dial (laughs) that is that's outside the box thinking that is just fantastic like a Mm. shot from inside a rotary phone but and also i mean you brought it up earlier uh but we didn't hang on it you brought up the ramo cam <laughs> yeah. uh you know and nowadays that shit is common practice 
for oh. the most part. A steady cam is a, is a real thing. Well, and yeah, dolly yeah. shots. And- a, a steady cam. That's the professional method. The Sam Raimi method is like, let's just tie this camera to a two by four and put a, you know, like a protective sheet over the front of it and then just run it into shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's beyond effective. But again, this is uh, creativity out of necessity, which is the best form of creativity in this film. Uh, So much so that, you know, that shotgun that Bruce Campbell is using, that's a real shotgun. And when he fires it, he's not firing blanks. He's literally shooting shotgun shells through windows. And they just, Sam was like, just make sure no one's in the way, you know, like, (laughs) you know, indie filmmaking shit. (laughs) How fucking negligent. And gangster can you be at the same time? That's what happens when you let a a 20-year-old kid (laughs) make a movie in the middle of nowhere. He's like, anybody got a problem with me shooting a real gun through a window? No? Fucking let's, all right, roll. (laughs) It's so good. And see the difference. And in in the indie film world, like, that is done probably more safe than all these. Because if you notice, like, like, the two biggest deaths you can think of that have happened by accidental gun use... In film is a major motion picture production, not yeah. some like five man <laughs> band grassroots, yeah, yeah, put together with a twelve dollar budget that day kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you know because to be to be fair, uh, movie making at a major studio it's a giant machine, right? And we've talked about this before, and that's why there's so much charm in well, a movie with only twenty people on the in the cast and crew. We had some. There, there's some of that in this movie too, isn't there? Because is if mem if my memory serves, which it rarely does, isn't wasn't there like uh, some buddy that was backing the film that wanted the nudity in it and was almost forcing their hands to put some breastuses in the movie, which we have two quick flashes of breasts in the film. Right. And I feel like the, if I remember right, that was just pressure from some backer that was like, we got to have some nudity in this movie somewhere, somehow. Titties, son. Titties, exactly. I'm absolutely sure that it was outside uh, uh, pressure because if you look at Evil Dead 2, uh, no nudity, there is a flash of a nipple in Army of Darkness in the extended cut, but you got to be paying real close attention. The skeletons have a slave. Lady. Oh, that's a lot of that's a side boob. I don't, I'm, is there? Now you see a nipple. Yeah, you see a nipple on my uh, on my bootleg cut, the official bootleg cut that's was put out like for real, for real. Raj has been looking extra close. I do look extra close when it comes to nudity. That's my job. But <laughs> that's uh, my job. <laughs> you know, I get paid to count titties. Uh, and that's true. That is true. I can totally see that being an outside. Uh, interference thing like put the boobs in there because uh there was a struggle if, if i'm not mistaken for them to get the funding for this movie because i believe they shot a bunch they ran out of money they had to fucking convince people to give them money so they could do more a couple of times one of the trivia bits is that bruce campbell put up like his uh his home as collateral to get some more production uh done so yeah it's it was a lot of like, we'll film until we run out of money, then we'll figure out how to get more money, and then we'll film some more stuff then. More mm-hmm. reasons why it took, you know, as many years as it did to to get done. But uh, going back to the tree rape stuff, what do you think happened to Scotty when he decided to take off? Because 
you might think for a while that he might be your your hero, your savior, and he totally mm-hmm. takes he has a he has a cowardly moment where he's just like, "She's your girlfriend. You take care of her. This ain't my I'm problem. I'm the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm gone." <laughs> I love Scotty, but yeah, uh, I mean that's 100 percent what happened. The trees fucked him up. I don't know if the trees literally fucked him up, but uh, the trees... Would that be a different tone if he stumbled back into the cabin, pants around his ankles, and he's a... Butt uh, bleeding. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a trauma movie. Like, yeah, he took his pants took his pants down and ran backwards through a cornfield. <laughs> yeah, that's a trauma movie. You know. But, uh... Luckily, Sam has some form of restraint. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't... He doesn't rob zombies. No, we get the aftermath, and Scotty's pretty fucking tore up. He reminds me of the kid from Sleepwalkers when he's laid up on the couch. Brian Krause, 100%. Yes, I totally yep. see see them just being interchangeable when they're just fucked up laying on that couch. And it's it's a unique sequence when he just he dies. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's not a grand moment. It's not a dying on the shield moment. It's just a, all right, we're going to get out of here, Scotty. Scotty? He'd had enough, yeah. Uh, And also, I mean, I've used the clip in our live stream countdown, but it's arguably one of my all-time favorite gore gags, one of my all-time favorite horror movie sequences in general is when Scotty comes back to life and attacks Bruce, and Bruce takes both both of his thumbs and pushes his thumbs into Scotty's eyes. I love and hate that. You can look at that. And my brain knows exactly what they did. Yeah. But my brain goes, man, my eyes hurt. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what it is, and I've seen it so many times. And you can tell if you fucking analyze it that it's a dummy head filled with fucking, like, jelly. There's... But, oh my god, does eye trauma, especially that eye trauma, really get me. I don't like eye trauma at all. I'm... I'm weak in the knees on eye trauma, which we should this. You put you should put that in our live stream opener, just all the eye gouging scenes. Put put this next to that twenty eight days later eye gouging and put that next to like the eye gouging in the Hostile. gate. Hostile, yeah. Just <laughs> an whole opener of eye trauma. Zombie. Yeah. Zombie is the king of eye trauma. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh that was on the other day. I just had it on for background noise and my daughter came through to get toast and I was like, stop, watch this. <laughs> she oh, was like, oh my God. We went the opposite route. Normally normally our, our our method is stop and we need to pause and most likely change the channel or turn the TV off for a minute because we're never going to pause on a good scene. It's just going to make now, it worse. Well, you know, she's almost 15. Sidebar, sidebar, since we're talking Evil Dead, her birthday actually lands on the release of this game. So, happy birthday, oh. kid. I'm going to be playing Evil Dead with Evil. Don't, <laughs> don't bother me. It actually comes out on a Tuesday, which I fucking hate that shit. So, I'll still have to do work-related stuff, but I don't have long work days. Not unless you're sick on that day. Nah, nah, I'm not sick that day. I Technically, I believe I have a short day uh, probably those days, so I should be... Should be more than good to to get by. But even if not, I'm sure that we'll be playing with a bunch of children who have been feel like they've been playing for 12 years already, and we'll right. just mop the floor with us. In, insider sidebar to all of that is we watched some gameplay footage already of the slashing cast guys, and I was talking with Raj and going, 
I don't really understand necessarily all they're doing, and I feel like we're going to have a big learning curve to get over because we're oh, just yeah. old man gamers. We're botching the first 100 games for sure. <laughs> we're dragging yeah. everybody down. We are we are super pumped. We are not as prepared as I feel we were for Friday the 13th. We were like, we knew how to play before we played. This, yeah. I feel like we have a vague idea, like we... Like if it, this was a movie, we skimmed like four words off the back of the of the slip art cover, and like mm-hmm. we got it. Yeah, no, and I don't have it at all. We don't. I watched I watched both of those gameplay footage videos, and I was like, so I don't get it. <laughs> I literally both times had a mental checkout and went, "I'll figure it out when we play it." <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why am I trying to worry about it now? Don't know what's happening. Um. But yeah, so going back to this movie, we got to give our Brown Panty Awards, and uh, I have to give it to Scotty. I just have to. Scotty's my dude. Uh, like you said, they don't. He doesn't get like a grandiose way to go out. Like um, everybody else, kind of has their uh, like with you know sequence of them either getting possessed or dying horribly and coming back type of thing. Um, um this may be the only time I do this, but uh, I'm giving my just because I, I can't not think of it after years of seeing behind the scenes stuff, I have to just give the Brown Panty Award to the entire cast. Cause Whoa. everybody has horror stories but you oh, know yeah. they speak fondly about it now, super fondly about it now. But horror stories, and like of uh, just you know of uh, of the girl running through the woods, no oh, barefoot, no, no barefoot, pants. no pants in winter time, with like yeah maybe some like carpet bits or something that had laid out for a path for her to follow, but just running multiple times in the night, and yeah other people with like their hands like in severed limbs to like simulate that after a body has been a dismember they still have movement in them and like their arm falling asleep and like the whole cast is above them filming and they fall asleep and no one <laughs> no one can can do anything because everyone's passed out the only one conscious is the one losing feeling in their hand underneath the mm-hmm. floor people having to clear out the shit out of the cabins because they're filming in a remote location they actually do get fucked up on moonshine. I even vaguely recall. I wish I could find where I saw it, but Bruce Campbell fucked up and like asking somebody, "So you ever make it with a city boy?" <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, back in the day, they had to wear these like glass lenses to do, you know, glass contact lenses, and they couldn't see out of them. That hurts me more than the eye gouging. Is yeah, those fucking full eye lenses. Yeah, and pretty much. When you're a deadite, you have no pupils, so, you know. And uh, you also got to factor in the fact that it's ice cold, like you brought up. They're covered in sticky caro corn syrup that's drying, and then they're putting more on top of it. Uh, Which that just adds to feeling gross. Yeah, and just, like, I mean, how miserable that must have been. Linda blinded with those contacts and hit in the face with that... <laughs> fake piece of wood but still she wasn't expecting it to hit her in the face I guess yeah. that's her real reaction when she's hit in the face and falls Ow. over <laughs> I'm just everybody just got the shit beat out of them and I can't remember if it was this or if it's an Evil Dead 2 or 
I, I know that uh, Sam Raimi, because he's friends with Bruce, it gives you the full go-ahead to just fuck with your friends when they're hurt or messed up. They're like, so I know in one of them, either this or the second one, that's, that Bruce like twisted his ankle or something real bad, and Sam would just be poking it with a stick, mm. just like yeah, this it hurt, like Sam. this hurt, or yeah. <laughs> You get a whole lot more Bruce Campbell known about torture in the second movie, but yeah, this pranks on on people, the filming location being you know as rough as it was, like I just feel for everybody physically yeah. and mentally going through this. So I was like, I can't give it to one; I got to give it to everybody because I just feel yeah. bad for everybody. But they did a hell of a job. Yeah, they did. And I feel like Ellen Sandwise, I feel like she actually quit mid-production. I feel like she said, okay, I've fucking had enough. Like, And they were all buddies. You know, that's what's also important. Like, yeah. they're fucking super close buddies. Like, Sam wanted to date Ellen for a long time. And uh, he put her in everything he had ever shot. But, like, even at some point, she was like, okay, this fucking sucks. You said, like, a four-week shoot, it's, like, two years, you know? I'm fucking... It's just bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. It's very parallel it's, to Brutal Massacre and her role in that as well. She yeah. even quits in that movie. <laughs> I've had it covered in shit. Human shit. What smells like shit? <laughs> God, you stink. <laughs> Mini sidebar, but I like that replacement, too, of, like, uh, when her character gets knocked into the into the cellar we put a rubber hand coming out of the <laughs> of the crack oh, yeah. and they just bash it with the end of an axe and it's like clearly a fake hand but it's still like i could feel it when they do that like mm-hmm. it's it's fake but not too too fake it's like the original night of the living dead they didn't have an effects artist really because uh tom savini went to vietnam so george romero made like a wax uh mold of his hand so that they could bash this hand with the fucking butt of the rifle, and uh, it looks it looks real bad. I mean, and there's a documentary about the making of the original Night of the Living Dead, and George is like, "I made this, had no idea what I was doing. It looks like shit." <laughs> oh, I love that kind of retrospective, but yeah, my brown panty achievement is a it's a quadruple XL size because it's gonna fit an entire cast of folks. For, for this film but I don't even consider that a cop out I, I commend that because yeah <sighs> they all really deserve it yeah even when I was trying to like I would focus on one about like, oh yeah what about yeah, what about me what about and I I just had a hard mm-hmm. time in this day and age distinguishing from the making of I feel like I've watched probably more making of and behind the scenes stuff than I have the actual movie like, I've seen yeah. the movie a, a good number of times but I feel if I'm when I pull the Evil Dead Ultimate Edition off my shelf I'm super more compelled to watch one of the other two discs of bonus materials than I am the movie, just because it's more fascinating and just our fucking thing is to watch that yeah. kind of stuff. We love bonus features. Um, well, now that we've kind of rambled for almost an hour, should we move on to our next segment, Evil? I mean, we can. And I'm curious how it's going to affect you personally, because this is, like mm. we said, in Rogers' top three, I believe. Uh, horror films, movies in general that are just near and dear to to the man's heart. Let's see what they got for me. We got to look at the darker side of things because, like I've said many times, we are not great film critics. If you want great film critics, you got to go to the Amazon One Star Reviews. 
I'll try to be nice and gentle for you, Raj. <laughs> this first one I don't think will be too bad. This is from Marie Daniels on February 10th, 2021. She says, one star. It's not Sam Axe. That's a burn notice reference. Oh, okay. I Just don't know. didn't like the movie. Very amateurish. That should be on the front of this movie. <laughs> amateurish and difficult. Very amateurish. Of course, it's an old movie, so it's expected. Sure glad Bruce Campbell took some acting classes after the Evil Dead days. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I had to pull that one in because I was like, Sam, oh, that was his character on Burn Notice. Great character. Excellent show. I need to finish that. I'm like three seasons from finishing it, and I've never gotten back to it. So at this point, I probably got to start all the way the fuck back over, which, which is fine. It's a great yeah. show. Get a refresh. Refresh. So next up, we got the Rondell Dale Branch on June twenty second, twenty twenty one. He says one star, bad, <laughs> not worth watching. How it became a cult classic, I'll never know. <laughs> I'll never know. I, yeah, fine. <laughs> this one I'm really curious because I know how your mind works. So I want to know if you can pinpoint when exactly this is. So, this is from David Augustus Ball. Okay. Sounds rich. On December 7th, 2021, he says, One star, cheaply done. I stopped after 37 minutes. 37 minutes. Where are we 37 minutes in to the Evil Dead? Someone listening will will go with their personal copy and see where exactly... David Augustus Ball called it a day. Let's see if we can. It's got to be. It's got to be tree rape, right? That's the end of the first act when shit really hits the fan. Could be. Could be Jack of Spades, Jack of Diamonds, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Could be right there. Time has no like construct to me in the Evil Dead. Like I have no <laughs> idea when anything like it all just is, is a thing. I couldn't for the life of me tell you when in a time slot of the course of this film when things happen I'm just like this happens I sound like a little kid when this happens then this happens and this happens and this happens and then it's over mm-hmm. well I suppose pull it up on your uh, after we're done with the live stream pull it up and just jump 37 minutes in <laughs> what happens at 37 minutes into the evil dead we we must find out so we'll have to see you're definitely you're, you're where are you gonna go you're gonna go with the card the calling yeah, I'm going to go with the cards. We'll go with the cards. All right. So we will all see when we're done. And those listening, we're 37 minutes in that this dude said no more. I'm 37? I'm 37. Next up, we have T-Bame. <laughs> I don't know what T-Bane? T-B-A-M-E. T-Bame. Oh, not to be confused with T-Pain. Or T-B-A-Me. I like that better. T-B-A-Me. On January 21st, 2015, says, One star, The Evil Dead. If you like a lot of screaming and blood, you'll love it. (laughs) There it is. That goes on the cover. (laughs) That's perfect. How's that a one-star review? Fucking A. You know, it's one of those ones you read twice and you're like, "Uh, maybe he's just confused. He's in the wrong section. I don't know. (laughs) Gave it the wrong amount of stars. Maybe. Next up, we have Peter Z. Spelled out? P-E-T-E-R, capital Z. Oh. Not even space, that's all the other. Peter's, or Peter's. 
Maybe it's mm. that. I don't know. People have. I really wonder on some because you have free range to make whatever username you want, and this is what some people land on. TBA, yeah. TBA, me and Peters. <laughs> but he says on July 12, twenty fifteen, one star junk. I wish I never bought this item. It fell apart. <laughs> Terrible product. And the seller should have known better to sell a piece of junk like this for such a high price. Disgusting. Must be the uh, Necronomicon edition. It must you gotta be. Gotta take care of it. It's foam latex, man. <laughs> Keep it in a temperature-controlled environment. I've had mine since fucking high school. It's got one little, uh, like, tear in the seam. It's otherwise fucking pristine. See, Take care of your shit. In my mind's eye, he's as I'm picturing him opening it, it's just like a regular, like standard DVD case, and like the plastic is falling off as he's cracking open the case. The disc <laughs> falls out, like it, like it's like in like in those. It's like in a loose Bla- disc. It's like in Blade Two when he takes the girl out into the sunrise and she's just disintegrating in his arms in the sunrise. Like that's what this Some- DVD case is doing when he opens it. <laughs> 30 days a night shit. Exactly. Josh Hartnett as the sun rises. Uh, so, a couple more. This is from M. Stewart on March 15, 2019. Here's here's our plug for more physical media. He says, one star, subtitles wrong. <laughs> subtitles are off in the streaming version. How will I know what they're saying? This is... Was he hearing impaired? Maybe, or maybe just lives like we do occasionally in a really loud house, and it's more warranted to read a film than it is to try to listen yeah. to it. Subtitles are always on, man. That's just how old I'm getting. Like, I'd like to be able to read that. <laughs> how many times have you been like in a loud environment, had the movie on, and you keep turning the volume up louder and louder and louder and louder and louder? And louder? And then you get done and turn it off and you come back later and turn something on to watch. <laughs> and the goddamn TV's this loud! Yeah, waking everybody up at 2 in the morning trying yeah. to watch fucking <laughs> something. And you're just sitting there pondering, how could I have possibly been listening to that? I think someone broke into my house and adjusted my volume controls. <laughs> yes. So subtitles are a must. I'll just turn the volume down and let people fucking yammer and just read the movie. And to round out our one stars, one of our absolute favorites. It's a reoccurring oh, uh, no. one star, but we absolutely love it. From Clement Billhorn on February 27, 2019. One star, I did not order this. <laughs> Listen, fella, you don't order Evil Dead and it shows up, you just be happy. That's free Evil Dead. I, I'm waiting. This... Every time we read one of those one stars, it gives me such hope that one of these days a random movie's gonna show up on our doorstep <laughs> and I'm just gonna take it. And then I'm gonna go and write a once I'm gonna go write a five star review for it. Just because that usually happens when just remix as a joke sends me a movie like he sent me that Blu ray of Fly Away Home I have yet to fucking watch. Oh, I have that as well. <laughs> Because he said it to both of us. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Funnily enough, that came on some streaming network just this past week. And the wife's like, isn't that that duck movie with Jeff Daniels in it? I was like, yes. And I have a Blu-ray copy of it. He goes, why? I was like, because I do. (laughs) Because you have to, right? Because it started as a joke and then Remix took it all the way. Literally a joke on driving to the set filming tape head that came up 
I don't even know how it started, to be honest with you. But shit, conversations in the car with the three of us. Who knows where things go sometimes? Shit, just listen to Geese. some of the stuff we sidebar on this alone. This episode yeah. of this show alone. Talking about geese, man. Yes. And then how all of a sudden. Yeah, how we how we get to fly away home in the evil dead. <laughs> I don't know. We either. just I'm not did even it. I can't even remember what we just said. But, <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're done with the Amazon one star reviews, evil, what does that mean? <sighs> it's time to get Time to get really nasty, because I'm curious where where our loyalties will lie on something we want to take home from the Evil Dead. So it's no more bullshit. It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. It's all about the game, and how you played it, and I know that my wife has become host to the Kandarian demon, and I fear the only way to stop those possessed by the spirits with a book through the act of the Baladisly dismemberment. <laughs> Take it away, Lemmy, yeah. Kill her if you can, love her boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game, and if you're new here, welcome, and you probably don't know what the game is, so... Allow me to elaborate. The prop game is a deep cut in and of itself where you have to pick a prop from the film that we are covering. But since it is a deep cut, it cannot be an obvious prop. So since we're covering the Evil Dead franchise, do not say the Delta. Do not say the Necronomicon. Those are just low-hanging fruit. Not going to work. You got to think a little bit harder. And as Evil likes to say, you go deep or go home. Go deep or go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, motherfucker. Crucifix deep. So there's plenty of weird-ass props in this movie. Um, Plenty of of strange things that (laughs) one could uh, take. Uh, Mainly, uh, I'll go first. Mainly I lean towards the gore props. And there's a there's a few of them that stick out to me. One being the ankle that gets the pencil oh. jammed into it. Which I love the sound design of that. It's a them stabbing an apple. Uh, yeah, it works. It, it oh really good lord, works. it works. I don't know which one's worse to watch: the eye gouging or that ankle stabbing with a pencil. And that is my other prop is uh, Scotty's head getting the eyes gouged out. Between the two of those, I think I have to lean towards Scotty's severed head. I would absolutely love to have that. Mm-hmm. So it is the deep cut prop that I need to take home. I feel you should get that tattooed on your ankle. You should get that spider webbing design tattooed on your ankle, like a pencil Oof. wound, and that mm-hmm. um, that would look bad fucking ass. I kind of feel I feel a little bit like that on my knuckles because not too long ago I had Evil Dead tattooed across my fucking knuckles. And I had little trees popping up out of the Evil Dead. I looked at it and I was like, looks like Linda's ankles a little bit too. <laughs> nice, yeah. I'm going to have our uh, resident artist, Anthony Pond, or a.k.a. Tony Tulips, do a uh, cavity colors enamel pen style art, which is what is covering my arm, of uh, Linda sitting in the doorway. Ugh. Because I really feel like I owe some skin to that sequence. You should just be across your whole stomach. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, 
painted. There's a lot of ground to cover there. It is, but I feel that would look that would look rad, super rad. I'm kind of I'm really in, into that uh, spider webbing ankle tattoo now. Like that's super basic, but cool. I'm looking at my own ankles, being like, do I got enough room to do that on either one of mine? I don't Maybe. think I do. God damn it. Maybe I'll try that though. Maybe uh, I'll have our. Our, our tattoo artist that's kind of in our inner circle if she's interested in trying trying her idea going with that that's gonna suck but it'll Oof, look cool. yeah that won't be that won't be fun it won't not be fun anything on tattooing on bone is a pain in the dick <laughs> <sighs> but I was I don't know why but I was mildly worried we were gonna be close again on the prop uh, oh yeah we weren't <laughs> but I don't I don't know why I just uh, Occasionally on this, and when we do the tie-ins on our live shows, I'm like, oh shit, I feel like this might be, our luck has finally run out, we picked the same thing. But for this, initially, I of course, I would want one of the jar lids of moonshine. Mm -hmm. But the thing I would I want to take, more than anything, is one of the planks of wood off of the bookshelf that Bruce Campbell gets thrown into. Oh, nice. And can't get off of him. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that is pure gold of Bruce Campbell acting is when that shelf is on top of him and he can't get it off. <laughs> like he's, you can <laughs> really trying to sell like, oh, this is so heavy. So heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Something that our child could probably push off with one arm. Bruce, oh, God damn, this, this shelf of books. That's some Halloween resurrection shit at the end when that fucking little wheeling cart with a mixer falls on that girl's leg and she's pinned down. I'm like, that's a mixer. That's like a four-channel mixer. You can pick that up with two fingers. <laughs> You're fine. And I could just imagine, what do you think Bruce's face would reaction would be if we had that fucking plank of wood and we're like, would you sign this? This is that thing that pinned you down. In the evil. <laughs> this almost spelled your doom in this film. <laughs> He'd be like, where did you get this? Well, we can't tell you that. We do. We, That's right. I know that people have. T there's YouTube videos of people that have made the journey somehow to this dude's private land, to the remnants of his cabin, and taken, of course, shutters and rocks from the fireplace. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, because that's all that's left now, right? Is just the fireplace. Yeah, there now. was literally like it burned down or a storm, something of the sorts. But yeah, there's literally just like a fireplace and some wood bits. There, you it's can like Higgins literally, Haven. That's all that's left of Higgins Haven, too. Yeah, I think there's actually more from Evil Dead too. Like the like the side shacks are still like there, but of course the roof is caved in on them. They're falling in, but they're still out there. They're private land, so you're and and, and in Tennessee, so you're definitely taking your life in your own hands trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to go there and take some memorabilia. I don't recommend it unless you have permission to do such things. And even right. then, you're battling the elements of. Uh, Tennessee, depending on the time of year you go, so yeah, be you wary. Ticks the size of size of dogs out there. <laughs> it ticks. Just I'm I'm already like like I'm sure Tennessee's got their own Bigfoots, uh, plenty out there. So I was like, I don't want to be run, running and razzing a few babyfoots, babyfoots out there <laughs> coming at me trying to trying to fuck me up for taking some of the stuff out of their their woods. Right. Well, now that uh, we've talked about the film, we've done the Amazon one-star reviews, and we've played the game, there's really only one thing to do, and that's do this all over again in two weeks. <laughs> 
where yeah, we're gonna go from a horror film to uh, I would I would man, I would say it's one of the pillars of uh, horror comedies, Absolutely. especially in the mid in the late eighties, maybe of all time. Like if you were to make a list of top five horror comedies. I don't know how this cannot be in the list when we oh, come yeah. back. It's there. When we come back for a revamped entirely new new story with Evil Dead 2. On that note, we should probably get going because, after all, there's a lot of movies out there and somebody's got to watch them. So why not us? Right? Work shed. <laughs> <laughs>